This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, our Picks Pod edition for the Ohio State Week. We've got a legitimate, fellas, a legitimate big football game in Piscataway. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to pick this game. We're going to do our do some basketball picks, too, because hoop season starts on Monday. Very exciting there. Uh, and uh, we'll play our Boomer Zoomer segment, of course. Very popular and with some fans, not so much. But we're going to do it anyway. All right. Let's talk about these Buckeyes first. All right. Outscoring teams 33 to 10, number one in the playoff rankings. No surprise there. They've got, they've, I, I get it. People think Georgia's better. But right now, if you look at the resume, I think it's hard to argue that Ohio State doesn't have the better resume overall. Yeah. This is one of the best teams in the country. Again, I, I, you know, I don't think there's any question about it. They come to Biscataway and yet there's a sense, right? There's a sense around Rutgers, around, college football that maybe this team can be gotten are we wrong about that or is there evidence to suggest that this is a gettable team i think that sentiment comes from the fact that ohio state really hasn't buried anybody i mean they even only beat indiana by 20 points in the season opener uh all their big wins came really by the skin of their teeth one score games this is not the classic Ohio State that's just going to obliterate you with an explosive offense and really, you know, score, you know, 49 points against Rutgers every time they've played, just really kind of put things away early. So I think that as long as that's happened, people feel like they're vulnerable, that if one team gets one big play, if one team makes one one different thing in the fourth quarter, things flip, that Ohio State can lose. But I think the two stats I saw that were really interesting that makes it really hard to think people could do this to Ohio State is – they're one of two teams in the country that has allowed 20 or fewer points in every game, them in Michigan. But Ohio State has actually played good teams as opposed to Michigan. And Ohio State and Rutgers are the only teams in the country that have not allowed a play of 40 yards or more. So, really? Correct. Yeah. Joe Harris-Semiak has done a great job here, but Jim Knowles has done an awesome job at Ohio State as well, cleaning up that huge area of concern from last year. So th- that my point to that is that 
even if Ohio State isn't scoring as often as they used to, they're almost impossible to score against. So while that feeling of vulnerability makes sense, if you really consider the fact how hard it is to score against them, I'm not sure how real it is, how much real danger they've been in. Pat, how do you feel? There's vulnerability because it's not the same Ohio State team that's been lighting up the scoreboard the last few years with star quarterbacks. You think of the names like C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields, obviously their first round draft picks. But uh, they're they're more well-rounded, I think. And we saw that last week when Travion Henderson came back. That added a huge, a, a totally different dynamic to this offense. And I know there's a lot of talk out there whether – uh, Kyle McCord is injured. He's a little gimpy on that ankle, but listening to Ryan Day's press conference, they're they're going to roll with him, even if he's even if he's seventy five percent, fifty percent. He's going to play, and you know he's really good at distributing the ball. So I think while the offense isn't one of those top ten offenses that they've had the last four or five six years, you know they're ranking somewhere around the they're like thirty eighth in points and fortieth in total offense, which is a huge let down for Ohio state, but they do have balance and Travion Henderson is a huge difference maker. I think he's going to have a really big game against Rutgers. Yeah. And I guess I wonder about that, those stats. I mean, if you're at scoring teams, 33 to 10 and you've got, you've got a defense that is not allowing anybody to move the ball. I mean, why do you need them? Why do you need to score 57 points a game? I I, 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 mean, I understand it, that that if you're looking from the outside and you're saying, well, that must be, they, they maybe they're not as good as they were in the past. I mean, you can make an argument that we just don't know if they're as good as they are in the past offensively. And they have played a couple of good defenses too. So you keep that in mind as well. Certainly offensively, they've got the best player in the country. And I, I, I he's my Heisman choice right now, Marvin Harrison. I just, it's just, he changes the game in a way that few offensive players around the nation do. I mean, I think he's one of the better receivers we've seen in the Big Ten in a long time. There's been a bunch of them. So you look at that side of it, he's just basically a one-man wrecking crew. Kyle McCourt's not, certainly not a not a bad quarterback. I mean, it might not be C.J. Stroud. He might not be heading to the top of the draft, but his numbers aren't bad, right? I mean, what am I missing here? Rutgers would love to have a quarterback that throws for 2,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. At the eight-game mark of the season, I think that would be one of the greatest seasons in Rutgers history, and we're talking about a letdown slots for Ohio State. So, yes, Kyle has an interesting family story. His father played at Rutgers, was a backup quarterback for most of his time here. He was able to take what he learned here at Rutgers and develop his son into a five-star quarterback. That was the first priority Ryan Day had when he took over the program from Urban Meyer. So he is coming into this game with a little bit of a, an interesting juice. He's bringing 150 family and friends from South Jersey, where they're from, in Mount Laurel. He was here in 21 when they played. He was a backup quarterback, but uh, there was a wonder if C.J. Stroud was going to be able to play that game, if he was going to make his first road start in that game. C.J. Stroud came back. Comicord played 11 snaps. Now he's the guy. Uh, now his dad is going to be in the stands at his old stomping grounds. Uh, the one game a year, he roots against Rutgers. He says he tells people that 364 days a year, he loves his alma mater. He said one of his one of some of the best days of his life were on the sideline of that stadium, watching the Louisville game, watching the South Florida game. This is the one game a year he's saying, screw the Scarlet Knights, I'm going for the Buckeyes. So I think that's fun. Uh, but to your point about Marvin Harrison in Ohio State, I think that while we trash this offense, it's important to remember they still have like five-star kids on the offensive line like monsters size-wise, they still have one of the better coaching staffs. 
uh, in the country. They still have elite wide receivers. Uh, Emeka, whose last name I, I I cannot remember. I didn't take the week to learn his last name, and I apologize because he's going to have 10 catches for 187 yards against Rutgers. But he's back probably this week. Uh, they lost their, their third running back was a guy who scored a program record. I think it was four touchdowns against Rutgers last year, and now he's out for the year. But that's not even a blip on their radar to show how deep they are offensively. So, yes, they're not as good as they used to be. They're still Ohio State. I like the fact that the, the McCord family is bringing 150 people. Hey, the McCord family's doing its part, Rutgers fans, to fill the stadium. That should be the count. That should be like this counter. This They should put that in the social media campaign. Outdo the McCord family of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Come to fill the stadium. Uh, I kid. All your points are are, are, are obviously very valid. Um, Pat, what is, so with all this in mind, what does Rutgers have to do here? I, obviously, they're not going to be able to run the ball like they did. It's certainly not to the level they ran it against uh, a weaker Indiana team, but that's still got to be the focus. They're still going to have to take time off the clock. They're going to have to do the short passing game. They're going to have to keep that offense off the field and generate some scoring chances too. I mean, what what has to happen here for this to be an upset? For it to be an upset, Rutgers is going to have to take the ball away. That's what Wisconsin did to stay close last week. They forced McCord into two interceptions. They recovered a fumble. So you got to start with taking the ball away first and foremost. But I think the most important thing is they're going to have to let Gavin open this thing up because Rutgers will have no chance if it's going to rely on a thing or think that it's going to be able to just run out these 20 play drives and and run for six, seven yards on first down and, and keep the chains moving. That's just not going to happen against a defense that legitimately, legitimately has 11 professional starters on this defense. Like there are guys, every single player on this defense could be playing in the league, you know, in the next few years. So that it's just such a good defense. And I think it's just going to be really hard to establish the run. And we've seen, the games where Rutgers goes up against a really good defense has struggled to establish the run. You saw that with Michigan. And then against Wisconsin, I think Manungai and Jayshon Benjamin combined for 22 yards, which was just – and you saw how much that set back the offense. So I, I see this game unfolding as if Rutgers has any shot, it's going to have to really open up the passing game for the first time this season. Yeah, and, and three encouraging points with that. The first thing is that – the offensive line has pass protected well, only allowing seven sacks. That's huge. Coming out of the bye, you would think that they, they'd be able to, you know, the team would be rested. They, they'd have some sort of new philosophy, some sort of tricks up their sleeve, something coming out of the bye. And we've talked about that. And the other part of it is that they do have in Jaquay Jackson, a guy who can stretch the field. Um, we haven't seen it a lot. Obviously, learning this week that Chris Long is not going to be back this year. That hurts. Uh, but still, you know, he, he's, he's an option. Ian Strong, they have some guys that they can, uh, and we know that Gavin Lipsick can throw a long ball. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you totally. I, I would love to see them take some shots. The you know, Greg Shannon's not the kind of guy who's going to play for a 24-10 loss. So why not throw it out there and and, and see what happens? I do think, um, well, yes, that would be great, and I think it would be a huge step. I think they need some sort of defensive touchdown. The, not only just take the ball away, score when you take the ball away and help the defense, uh, help the offense alleviate some pressure off them. And another special teams uh, touchdown, obviously, would be huge. I think Ohio State's special teams are not that special. I can't remember if it was a fan or an Ohio State reporter that says that it seems like every game Ohio State makes one special teams mistake. 
if you're Rutgers, you got to capitalize on that and uh, try to make a magic ha- magic moment happen, similar to what happened against Michigan. And I'll tease a story we'll have in this, on the site tomorrow morning. I talked to a lot of former Rutgers players uh, from the first rebuild, from the first breakout season, uh, including Ray Rice, obviously the star of the biggest upset in program history. Uh, I asked him what the key is to upsetting a major top five team like this. And he said not to worry about the number next to their name, not to give them too much credit, not to walk into that game and feel like you have no chance because if you do, there's no way you're going to win that game. He said the first half against Louisville when they started falling down, they were giving Louisville too much respect. Obviously, this is a bit of an intangible. It's hard to really quantify that, but I think he does have a point that this feeling that we talk about this week, that fans are talking about this week, that Rutgers does have a chance, that Ohio State is vulnerable, I think that does go a long way in the locker room, in what Shiano is telling this team, in their feeling going into the game that, like, these guys aren't invincible. This isn't the Ohio State of old. Why not us? I think that is a good base to enter the game that obviously they have to do all the things on the field that we are talking about. And to really quickly go back to the story, I also talked to Brian Leonard. There's a really funny anecdote that I'm probably going to leave the story with that he's sitting on his couch in his living room in Morris County. He's watching the game with his kids that are beating Indiana. The clock's running out. They're going to a bowl game and he just starts texting old teammates, texting family members, texting fans he met after his career. And he's texting, we're back, we're back. And Ray Rice lives five minutes from Courtney Green, and he's calling his buddy, and he's saying, we're back, baby. So uh, the feeling that you guys have, have have as fans, that Rutgers is back, the guys who made it happen the first time, they're feeling the same thing. It just gave me chills. That's a good lead. Wow. How's Ray Rice doing? He's great. He's um, he's coaching his son, uh, seven-year-old son. He's uh, youth football, obviously, so uh, he hasn't been able to make it up to a game because – uh, they have games on Sunday, on Saturdays. Uh, they have a big playoff semifinal this Saturday, so he won't be at Ohio State. Uh, but Ray's good. Uh, Brian Leonard should be at the game. He's been at every game. He was at the Michigan State game. He stayed through the end. People were saying, Is Brian, he really? Brian, on the sideline or on the uh, – uh, in, in the stands. In the stands. People he came with were saying, Brian, let's go home. This game's over. He said, guys, I, I have a feeling here. They're, they're being themselves. I think they can come back. They came back. He stayed all the way. He was one of the last guys in the stands. He has a photo of him and Kevin Malice, the former teammate. The empty stands in the back. They just couldn't leave. They couldn't bring themselves to leave after that win. Um, and I said, uh, what, what is it harder to do? Like, go through that game like that as a player or a fan? And he says it's so much harder to go through it as a fan. Uh, so he empathizes with all you folks that had to have your nerves racked watching that. But he did say that winning a game like that is better as a player. Yeah, I had a really good chat with, with those guys. And I'm looking forward to putting this together. And I'm looking forward to you guys reading it. There's so much great about this, and and uh, it, it not just because your your broader point, obviously, that uh, when former players are excited, and I mean, I'm sure, and I know it was because I would see former Rutgers players in NFL locker rooms, and they were embarrassed by the team's results. And you know, there's nothing worse than a guy who went to Rutgers, and you're in a locker room filled with Michigan and and Ohio State players, and you see the results, and you know, I mean, it's like they 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 take a lot of abuse over the years for that. So I have no question that that's that's an interesting first first off that that's a huge thing. The fact that the rest of the people who have been in this program and brought it to uh, the, the around the first time are excited again. That's a great sign. But the second part about that that's that's really important as well. You're right about what Greg Schiano's impact and his return is. And this is part of it. It's like reuniting this family. 
um, that had been had been fractured and had been kind of cast in different directions and not ignored. I don't think that's the right way to put it, but uh, not excited, I guess, is the right is, is a better way of saying it, like uh, not feeling connected to the program. Um, and the fact that you see evidence of that changing uh, and you saw it from obviously from the beginning when when uh, Greg Shannon came back. But I think. It does speak volumes. I mean, that's such a great thing. We back with Courtney Green and Ray Rice. I mean, that 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 does speak volumes to what's happening. And then, yeah, I mean, that's and and Pat, that goes back to what I think is going to make this a really special atmosphere. That if you don't, if you can't see this, at least there's a chance. If you can't at least see that there's there's some opportunity here, then you're really not paying attention. I could, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think. All, all of this is coming together at the right time. The schedule came out came out perfectly. They got to a bowl game before Halloween. Then you got a little break to build excitement. And you're now you just take your shot at the best teams in the league, right? Like everything has worked in Rutgers' favor. They made it that way, first of all. Mm-hmm. Let's give them some credit. It wasn't just they were handed these six wins. They, they went out there and earned it. They took advantage of every opportunity that came their way. And uh, – even against Michigan, like Michigan has steamrolled everybody, but Rutgers played decently well in that game. And it gives you belief that they can hang with Ohio State in this one, certainly, too. So I think uh, if you're paying attention to this Rutgers team and you've watched Ohio State a little bit, you can see that they're not going to get just laughed off the field in this game. It's going to be competitive. Rutgers has a shot to to make this the one the one game that has escaped them in the Big Ten, right? They haven't played Ohio State close yet. We talked about Ohio State scoring 49 points or more in every game. Um, so this is the last one to cross off the list. And at the very least, if you can't spring the upset, just just hang in there. And, and the, the key to an upset to me is just hanging around long enough to make it anything possible in the fourth quarter. That's how you that's how you make an upset happen. So if Rutgers can just hang around long enough. And, and get one of those crazy punt blocks or 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 pick six or something like that to, to really spring this into action. But like I said, if you could just hang in there, make this a game, it'll go a long way to to bringing respectability back to this team. All right. And this is the sad, tr- sad trombone moment where we go. Womp, womp. Now we have to make our picks. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So I blazed last I saw a high state minus 19, which is pretty pretty remarkable right i mean that that's a sign another sign that vegas is like all right well you know i mean again that's a big number but i mean the score the average score in this series is 53 to 11 which is just dumbfounding uh, you mentioned ohio state's never scored fewer than 49 points averaging 53 it's just it is it, it really has been as lopsided as that too it's not one of those well there's a couple of games got out of hand no that's just been that has just been the case here there's been a couple, in fact there was one game when Rutgers scored uh i think 27 points where they got a couple late scores so i mean there's yeah it's 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 been lopsided all right i guess i go first what are the, what are the standings here in the picks brian what do we got i i know i'm first place but you're first place and pat mm-hmm. and i are tied in second place right, you guys just one game behind I believe so. I think you're five one and one, and I believe Pat and I are four two and one. All right. Okay. So you've got a chance here to gain some ground. If if depending which way you go, I'll go first. I just don't see it. I hate to say it. I just think uh it's gonna be a much closer game. I keep on coming back to this. It's gonna be a much closer game than it's been. But it's just been, I mean, it's been a 42-point gap. It's just such it, they they are so different. 
talent-wise, I think Rutgers has made tremendous strides. And I, if in a different in a different world, like I, I do believe that Ohio State has taken a small step backward. They're not as good as some of these teams have been, but it's not a big step backwards. It there, it's pretty darn close. And I was watching that game against Wisconsin, and you're trying to find a way. All right, how how is Rutgers going to? Can Rutgers run the ball against this team? I'm just not sure. Uh, can Rutgers pass the ball? Well, like they, they haven't passed the ball against other teams, so I'm just not sure. And I just keep on coming back to it. It's just hard for me to see how they're going to match a defense this good. And that's going to and it's going to be one of these things. Like it, it, it's they they're not going to get destroyed. They're going to be. I think they're going to play better. I just see them losing like a 31-7 game. So, yeah, I am also laying the points. And I just think that's just what's going to happen in this game is Rutgers is going to throw everything against it. Greg Shannon is not going to be satisfied with, you know, a close loss. And I think that's going to lead to some short fields for Ohio State to take advantage. So I see a I see a 24-point Ohio State win, 31-7. Who wants next? Pat, why don't you go next? Okie dokie. Okay. I just have a really hard time. When, when let me let me let me say this first. The Rutgers identity is simple. We saw it against Indiana. It wants to just get out there, let its offensive line do the job, run the ball effectively, play great defense and special teams. That's the key. That's what Rutgers does. And that's never going to change. But Rutgers has not been able to do that against top-tier teams. Like Rutgers could not run the ball against Michigan. Rutgers could not run the ball against Wisconsin. Huge gap between its six wins, rushing the ball, and its two losses. I just think that running the ball against this Ohio State defense is going to be really difficult. It's going to put a lot of pressure on Gavin Wimsett, and I just don't think the offense is ready enough is is there to hang with this elite defense. I think Ohio State for all the negative press that Ryan Day gets. I, I think it's completely unwarranted. I don't think this team has taken a step back at all. What it has, it's just different. It's just a different team that they have out there this year. They're still elite. They're number one for a freaking reason, you know? So I will, I, I think for the first time, this is a really accurate spread. I wasn't running to put any money on this game. I think it's right where it should be. Uh, which is why my pick kind of reflects that. I'm going to take Rutgers to cover, though, um, just barely 27. Uh, Ohio State 27, Rutgers 10. So a 17-point loss, which I think is an encouraging loss for Rutgers. Uh, you make what you can take what you want from that. Wow. Okay. So uh, there, we've got a difference of opinion here. Will be a change in the standings. Brian? I so badly want to do the polity pushing P pick up Rutgers put a hat on come on just do it pull off the pandemonium Piscataway too come all on. that great stuff um I do I do want to say and to be clear on something because I think people sometimes misinterpret how I say things I think Rutgers season to this point is a monumental success no matter what happens after this they've achieved their season goal they've beaten every team uh they're better than which to Pat's point earlier is not easy and I think there's when I say that, I say that as a positive. I don't mean to bring down Rutgers wins. I think people think I'm trying to poop on the parade. And while I do that sometimes, I think the season has been a resounding success. You're pushing pee. You're not pushing poo. Uh, pushing poo. That's right. That's the wrong kind of people for pushing. I would say that if Rutgers even keeps this game close, it would be a massive success. 
I think there is a world where Rutgers beats Ohio State. I don't think it's impossible. I really don't. If they won, I wouldn't be completely shocked. I agree with Pat. It's Ohio State. They're still good. They're still, they're literally the number one team in the country. They've beaten really good teams on the road. They have one of the best defenses in the country. I can't trust Gavin Wimsett to have a turnover-free game against a good team because he hasn't shown that this year. Again, Michigan and Wisconsin, both games he's thrown back-breaking picks. As good as the Rutgers defense is, they might get worn down by the end, much like last year, because Rutgers offense can't stay on the field. And special teams, maybe they pull off a big play. You can't win a game against the number one team in the country with special teams touchdowns. It's just not feasible. So as badly as I'd like to pick the Scarlet Knights and be the hero in shining armor and uh, predict the field storming, I can't get myself to do it. I think Ohio State will eventually pull away late. I will say Ohio State 35, Rutgers 13. Okay. So you're with me on the other side of the spread. All right. I, I just can't see. Rutgers has been a great covering team this year. This just might be a bridge too far. And look, here's what I will say. I think a big factor in this is that could change some momentum and give Rutgers a little bit better of a chance is how much of the crowd is coming. Are Rutgers fans going to live up to the hype and the big importance of this game and show up? It's on a beautiful November Saturday. It's supposed to be. I don't know. The I 4%, 4% chance of rain. I don't know. If there's literally no excuse to not come to this game if you're a Rutgers fan, not to shame those that don't or can't come, there are enough college football fans in the New York metropolitan area that can show up and fill a 50,000-seat stadium, especially when the visiting team is bringing probably five to 10,000 people themselves, right? Yeah. So, if and they were place, red, so you won't even notice. That's right. If this place is not packed out, if the atmosphere is not electric, if this crowd isn't noticeable, if it doesn't make an impact, I think that is um, an indictment on the fan base. Personally, even Mike Teal, the greatest quarterback in Rutgers Rutgers football history, is saying there's no excuse. So if Mike Teal said, and I know he's like us, he's one of the pampered media people that get to sit and watch it in the booth, get some catered food, gets paid to be there. Mike Teal said it. He's on the bandwagon. People got to show up. People got to give them a chance. Because if they don't fill out that stadium, I think Rutgers really doesn't have much of a chance. Fair. Fair points. All right. Good job. So we're always wrong. So folks, keep that in mind when remembering our picks are just for entertainment purposes. Please no wagering. All right. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldrich Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldrich lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. Can we, can we just talk some basketball really quick? I know it's, this is a big football week, but basketball starts off on Monday. I thought it would be fun to just make our season predictions there. 
uh, and hoops because, uh, you know, obviously that's what happens early in the basketball season. When you have a good football team, hoops gets overlooked. You know, it's been opposite. Obviously, there have been some years where we're like, hey, let's get into basketball. This is not one of those years. We've got a lot of football to talk to. But we don't want to overlook it at Princeton. I think is not at Princeton. In Trenton against Princeton, I think that is a great opener. It's kind of some intrigue. I looked down the schedule. I don't see many better games for Monday. I mean, I guess, you know, there might be make make some arguments, but certainly an NCAA tournament team coming off a pretty good year in Princeton. Rivalry, old school stuff. All right. So I thought we just pick predict a record, predict a record, a place in the standings and where this team is going to end its season. And this is what concerns me. Tell me if you agree, Brian, and studying the schedule. Um it's that start to the Big Ten schedule that is like, woo, you know, you get Illinois in December. They're one of the, the few ranked teams currently on the Rutgers schedule, uh, but it's at the rack and they've beaten Illinois at the rack before. I'm not worried about that one. But then you got to start the Big Ten at Ohio State, at Iowa, Indiana back here. And I get it. It's what, without your three best players in Indiana. That's still their good team. Then at Michigan State. Uh, Nebraska, who you lost to here last year, then at Illinois, and then Purdue. I mean, that is, whew, that's like, you know, talking about like the Jets schedule where fans are like, if you can go three and three to start that, you'd be great. It's the same kind of situation this year. It's not, it's a tough, it's a tough beginning. I agree. I would be worried about Illinois in December for sure. I think they're going to be well, worried about it. Yeah, but at least you've beaten them there. I mean, yeah, it's, I hear what you're saying, but I, they're good. They're very good. I would say that, yeah, it's a tough start. The spin positively is that Rutgers has had good finishes. Well, aside from last year, obviously, that was the reverse of the trend. But two years ago, they salvaged their season in February. Uh, the year before that, they had a big February. So uh, I guess you can look back at historical data and say that not all is lost with a bad start. But I agree that that is a brutal, brutal stretch that uh, if you don't really salvage some upsets in there, uh, can put you in a pretty deep hole uh, for a team that I think will really be at best teetering on the edge of the bubble entering February. Steve Peichel says all the time that the Big Ten is the best league in the country. And while I don't necessarily agree, I think that's this is just part of being in the Big Ten. Yeah. I don't think it's the best conference in the country this year. I will that's the one other side of this coin, Pat, is I'm looking down and there are some like Purdue's great, Michigan State is contender. There's a big drop off. Yeah. Like yeah. And it's kind of felt that way the last couple of years. Like Rutgers could just ascend like make its way slowly up the up the conference standings. Uh, and I kind of feel the same way this year. Like there, there is a big drop off and whatever team takes advantage of the schedule or comes together or finds that little bit of momentum is really going to have a good opportunity to kind of establish itself in that like middle tier. Rutgers football is right in that middle tier. I think Rutgers basketball has a shot to, to really establish itself somewhere in that middle and, and potentially Climb if you have a really good season. So I, I think uh, you're right. I don't think it's as deep as it has been the last couple of years. Yeah. And the question to me is like, all right, so are you going to be able to beat the teams that are even with you? You know, Maryland's going to be better this year. Wisconsin's right. It, Iowa's going to take a step back this year. You know, there's, 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 there are a lot of op- Michigan's going to take a step back this year. They weren't very good last year. You know, there's some opportunities in there. Depends how quickly this team gels. Um but yeah, I mean, and I do think, and I looked again, I looked at the non-conference schedule. I think it really is possible to get out of that 10 and one. Am I over, am I over being overly optimistic, Brian? When I was doing my season preview and I was predicting their non-conference schedule, I was between nine and three and 10 and two. Ten, uh, it's 11. Is it 12 games? It's 11, it's 11 games. You're right. I think. 11. Okay. Yeah. 
so I was between them having two losses and three losses. I'll put it that way. Gotcha. Um, I think the three swing games obviously are at Seton Hall versus down at Seton Hall's down. Seton Hall's better than they were last year. And last year they managed to beat Rutgers at the rack. Yeah. But uh, they beat them. What was the score of the game? Like 27 to 24. Close I mean... enough. 45, 44. <laughs> I think it was um, just a disgusting <laughs> and absolutely yes. disgusting afternoon of basketball <laughs> that we were all trying to forget, but uh, they have, a, you know, one of the better backcourts in the big East. Shane Holloway has shown he can coach up a good game and and upset a, a good team. I don't think Rutgers is as good as last year either. I think Rutgers is also in a quote unquote down year. So uh, I think Seton Hall, uh, Mississippi State at the Prudential Center two days before Christmas, and at Wake Forest. Uh, those three games are the swing games. Uh, it's whether you think Rutgers can win two of those or three of those. I'm not very confident. I think they're going to lose at least two of them. Um, winning on the road is tough, and I think. Seton Hall is good, uh, and Rutgers hasn't won at the Prudential Center since 2014, I think, 2012, something like that. It's been at least, it's been, all, if not a decade, almost a decade. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, but as long as you win one of them, you're probably in good shape entering the Big Ten. Uh, even the Asbury Park Press. Jerry oh. Carino pr- predicts them to go 17 and 14, 9 and 11 in the Big Ten East and in the NIT. So just I'm not like just not I'm not, just not to argue with you. I just don't think that's like some scary. Well, they're good. that's a that that to me is a game Rutgers very likely could win. I don't know if it should win. Georgetown, another team that obviously better coach this year, still a couple of years away from being competitive. I would think. I have not broken down the ACC at Wake Forest is a tough place to play. I know that, but they're not. It's not at Duke. It's not at North Carolina. It's still you know a team you you handled up here last year. Um, so yeah, I don't see a single Mississippi State. I know nothing about them. I get it. They were they were they took Rutgers' spot in Dayton last year. Uh, I just don't see a game that they can't win. I guess I come back to that. Right, but do you trust this team to win all of them too? I don't. I think, but but I think ten and one is possible. Nine and two would be good. I, that's yeah. I, I I just I do think that that they, it's on the table for them to go ten and one. I don't I remember having this exact conversation last year when we did our season preview. Like, what can can Rutgers go undefeated in the non-conference schedule, which was obviously significantly weaker. Mm-hmm. But there were some doubts, and then Rutgers went out and went undefeated in the non-conference. Right? Oh, lost to Seton Hall. Lost to Seton Hall. Um. So yeah, I I I think uh, I think we're I think you're spot on, Politi. Your your assessment: ten and one is possible. Nine and two would be good, and. Brian's third swing game against Mississippi State certainly certainly a questionable one. Where was Mississippi State picked in the SEC? I don't know, and they're missing their best player. Um, but mm-hmm. they are much like Rutgers in that they're just going to defend the heck out of you and uh, hope to score enough points to beat you. So it's going to be a rock fight at the Prudential Center. Um, but again, I think we'll learn a lot more in the Princeton game. I got a taste of this team against St. John's and. You could tell, obviously, with St. John's next game against Pace when they lost to a Division II team that these exhibitions are only worth what they're worth. So I think I'll learn a lot more, and we'll learn a lot more about this team against Princeton. Interesting matchup. Um, and then uh, and then we can go from there. But um, to, to the point of the season prediction, uh, I when I wrote mine, I was between 17 and 14, 18 and 13, Um I think they're going to have their first losing record in the Big Ten for the first time since 2018. Uh, sorry, the 2018-19 season. Uh, I'm between 8 and 10 and 9 and 11. I think I'm going to go Rutgers is uh, 17 and 14. They go 8 and 10 in the Big Ten. 
and they go nine and two in non-conference. And they steal some some deserving uh, mid-majors bid in the NIT thanks to that change is what you're saying. They're going to host. So they'll be back in the NIT. Okay. All right. Pat, do you have a pick? I'm going to go optimistic here for once. I'm going to go with this factor because Rutgers has Cliff Amori, and I don't think we're talking about that enough. They have a game-changing player on the inside, and we've seen teams over the years in the Big Ten just rely on big men to take them to the promised land. I think Rutgers has that. If Cliff really is this player that is going to be one of the best players in the country, I think it has a shot to be a little bit better than the NIT. I think this is going to be right, they're going to be right back on the bubble, uh, hunting that spot in March when it comes to the end here. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than Brian. I think I'm going to go with a winning record in the Big Ten. Let's go 11 and nine in the Big Ten and uh, 19 and 12 overall. And I think they finished somewhere like eighth in the Big Ten. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that would be a good. I think that would be a pretty good season for this team. I am. My my math is a little weird. I do think they're going to go 10 and one and I'm going to pick 10 and one in non-conference 10 and 10 overall in the league. And I come back to this. Uh, I just don't, I'm just not blown away by the big 10. I don't like, I, I get, all right. I'm going to give, give you Purdue. I'm going to give you Michigan state who they only play once. You know, even uh, Illinois, certainly better. Maryland would be better. I just don't think Maryland's great. Uh, and I think there's just a lot of teams that I'm like, all right, look at, look who Indiana's losing. I look at, you know, the Northwestern is currently seventh in the standings. I get it. They, they, they had a pretty good end, end of the year last year. Um, but the bottom half of that league, I mean, Penn state's bad, Minnesota's bad, Nebraska, Michigan. There's just a lot of teams that I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of greatness out of the big 10 this year. And I got to Eventually you've got to give Steve Peichel some credit for, for building decent you know for being a good coach and building a good program and i i, I do if Moat mag is back and he's healthy that's something they were missing last year uh, i think the the losses of cam spencer is huge but i'm i'm really high on gavin griffith i know me and fonseca have gone back and forth on our little side bet about him so yeah i'm going to pick them to be in the NCAA tournament i think there's going to be another bubble it wouldn't be any other way with this with this program i'll be sweating out the bubble but um yeah i'm going to go with like a 20 20 and 11 win heading into the big 10 tournament season season heading in the big 10 tournament with a chance to add to that. So look at you pushing P. Oh my goodness. I'm I uh, push P put your P you're pushing poo. I'm pushing P baby. I, I think um, Northwestern is unbelievably overrated. I cannot believe that people pick them to finish that high in the league. Seventh. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I think Ohio state boo, is criminally underrated. Boo boo. He's back for his 14th year. I get it. He's good. It's not that Come good. On. And uh, Ohio, Ohio State will be like top four. I think they're really, really, really good. Um, so I try. Who? I'm like I couldn't name you. They've got a lot of transfers. This and this is it. Like we've talked about what NIL has done. But like I NIL in COVID year, I am hesitant to say anybody's name for fear that you're going to say no. He went to the NBA two years ago, Steve. But for the most part, like some guys are just yeah. The number of guys changing teams and moving around, um, it's hard to keep track of. Ohio State killed Minnesota, by the way. They got their best player, Jamison Battle, the guy who hit the game-winning three against Rutgers uh-huh, in Minneapolis. That's what yeah. They got him, and now Minnesota, which was already a dumpster fire, is – I mean, they they might go winless in the Big Ten. And they Rutgers plays Minnesota once. Once. Yeah. All right. Fascinating. All right, guys. Good job. We'll, we'll check back in March to see if we're right and talk a lot more basketball in the coming weeks. Let's play a little Boomer Zoomer, shall we? What do you think? Huh? Excited? 
Let's do it. You, you did so the well return. last week. You did so well last week. I got to tell you, and this is, I keep on saying this, and I, I don't want to say like that this is going to sound like I'm a Rutgers homer, but Ohio State's alumni list is no good either. Didn't I say this a couple weeks ago too? I'm like, I'm like disappointed by, I just thought there'd be more famous people. It's a big university. They've churned out students, like 50,000 students a year. I thought there'd be more famous ones. But then there are a couple, like I can't, I'm not going to give you a Kirk Herbstreet, for example. I'm not going to give you that. Just that's silly. But there's another one, like, J, you know, J.K. Simmons is, right? The actor, bald actor? Yes, bald actor. Yeah, he he's <laughs> uh, he's like number one on the list of all the Ohio State alumni. But because you've been such a P-R-I-C-K about, you've been, you've been really persnickety about this now that you want me to be accurate. And it's just very annoying that your fact, your fact checkers here, your, 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 your legion of fans who are trying to, apologize for your inability to, to win at this game. Anyway, so he turns out he went to Montana. So I don't want to put him on the list and then have someone, if you didn't know who he was, God forbid, have someone tell you that he was a Montana grad who spent like three weeks at Ohio State. But he's on he's on this list. So there's this, it's tough. It's a tough list. I'm sorry you have to go through all the extra hoops of fact-checking your, uh, your information. I and spent not just- minutes. I, not, I spent literal minutes on this just to make sure it's right. Sorry for ruining your week. And my entire week. This is why I don't have anything else. On the website. All right, Pat, I'm going to put it at, I think it's it's harder. I'm going to put it at five and a half because I think the last two are pretty tricky. All right. That's where the spread has been the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. we are going over. You're going with your man. All right. For one point, can you tell me who Richard Lewis is? Ohio State graduate Richard Lewis. I feel like he's a singer. Like a. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is he the guy in West Wing? No. Who's Richard Lewis? No. Comedian. Comedian. Famous comedian. Dresses in all black. Yeah. I mean, I think he has. I think he's had roles on both Curb Your Enthusiasm and was he in Seinfeld too a little bit? I don't. I don't think he was in Seinfeld, but he's definitely the main character in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Guy with just, the long hair. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's very. You know. This is very. Yeah. Yeah, famous comedian. Okay, I'm a, I'm a little surprised by that. I thought that was a gimme. That's a face you know, not a name you know. Uh, personally, I think. Uh, okay, if you say so. All right. So, how you feel about that over now, Pat? Uh, really bad. <laughs> okay, for two points, I think you'll get. I think you're gonna bounce back for two points. Can you tell me who Jack Buck is? He's the father of Joe Buck, the uh, com- color commentator, or sorry, play by play guy. Indeed. Ding 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 ding. Famous broadcaster of his own right, too. So good. All right, you're back on the you're back on the board. Good, good. That was that was an easy one. This one's a little harder. I'm going to give you some hints if you need it. For three points, can you tell me who Patricia Heaton is? Oh. What was that? What was that reaction? Give me a hint. Uh, that, that was a. I got no clue. Really? We're in trouble. This then. is a tough one. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Uh, Okay, I will just say that, in and then you're gonna to have to tell me what show. In in a, in a popular show, she is married to a sports writer. What popular show has a sports writer? Okay. Oh man, mm. I got it now. <laughs> you know, a comedy, comedy show. I guess the sports writer being in it implies it's a comedy. Um, yeah, it wouldn't I, be a drama. Wouldn't be a drama with a sports writer. I I I got nothing. I got nothing. You never watch Everybody Loves Raymond. No. No. Okay. Raymond's a sports, a sports writer, writer in that show? He is a sports writer. Yeah. He's a sports writer. What does he cover? 
Uh, he's, he works for Newsday. He's like the, he's like the Newsday columnist. Who knows what he covers? It's, I mean, the, they, but he takes his family to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Patricia Heaton is his wife. She's been nominated for many Emmys for that show. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'll add. Uh, Everybody loves Raymond to my next. That'll be my next show to watch. Once kind I finish Sex in the City. Yeah, right. <laughs> watching Sex in the City. Wow, nice. great show. Yeah. All right. This character, this next one's not on Sex in the City. No, you're not going to get this. This is just, this is, this is getting uncomfortable, Pat. But here we go. Uh, John Kasich. Can you tell me who John Kasich is? Is he not the, I, I was a politician. Is he not like the senator of Ohio? Yeah. Oh, so look at him. Look at him. It's so close. He was former governor of Ohio, governor, ran for that's president. It, that's it. Yes. Close it. it up, I'd say. Give him president. Points. That's awesome. He ran that's for president. awesome. I'm not. I'm ignorant. I'm not that ignorant. Jesus Christ! I watched the debates. Yeah, <laughs> some sweating there. Yeah, good. Good job. All right. Oh, yes, babe. Proud Ohio State graduate. John. So he got the two and four. So How about that? Who saw that coming? He's over. It's an over. Oh, it's by the skin of your teeth if you don't know Richard Lewis. All right, and finally for five points, a hard one. But if you have kids, you might know it. R.L. Stein. Can you tell me who he is? The author who wrote like every. Uh, <laughs> what are those things called? Um, Goosebumps. Uh, goosebumps. There you go. Yeah. I, what, 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 what reverse thing is this? This is like a reverse difficulty thing. R.L. Stein. Oh, I, I was can't believe you pulled all R.L. Stein out of your, your, your puckus. That's a good, wow. Right away you knew it. That's that was easy. That was, that easy. was easy. Easy. Pat, you agree it was easy? Yeah. Mm. That's, that's like right in my childhood. R.L. Stein. Okay. Goosebumps. Wow. Good stuff. What a comeback. This is it. This is inspiring to all Rutgers fans. If if Brian Corrali, after missing Richard Lewis and telling me that it, it's a name, the guy you know by face, and he could come back and get John Cassius and R.L. Stein, you've got to hope for you've got to hope for humanity, folks. This is it. Pandemonium, Poddemonium, and Piscataway, right here. You've got it. All right. Whew. What do you got? I don't know if I could come back from that. That was an emotional bar we just crossed. <laughs> It was something, something involving a bar. Okay. You want me to go first, Brian? Please. Okay. The word I have for you this week, Steve, Mm -hmm. is kind of, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty out there. So I'm going to give it to you. Let's see what you can do with it. The word is shipping. Shipping? Shipping. Like S-H-I? Yes, S. H I P P I N G. You're shipping. Not as in t- not in terms of like importer exporter to go back to Seinfeld. Like not- you're shipping, man. Um, is it when you're when you're slipping in the water? Like you're slipping, you're shipping, you're no. slipping, man. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a, it's just a shortened word for relationship. Oh, like, you're shipping. You're, you're like yeah, yeah. Mm. You're shipping because now you now someone oh. on this podcast may or may not be shipping. That's good. I see what you're saying. You're shipping. That's good. Okay. All right. Yeah, I should. I could. I could have put. I could have put that together if I tried. Yeah. You could also ship people. Like uh, there's a. If you like popular media, like Harry mm. Potter, you ship Harry Potter and Hermione or whatever. Ah. You, you see them being in a relationship together. They're not necessarily okay. in one, but you could see them in one. Gotcha. Good one. I had a couple. I'll go with. Uh, this is a little older, but. Oh, you know, that's good. Uh, based. As an adjective. Based. Uh, that's is that like when you're basic, you're based. You're kind of mm. like you're you're no, you're kind of no. I've heard this one before. I should know this one. I feel like this is like my Richard Lewis here. 
It's like the shortened version of based and red pilled, but that's a whole different rabbit hole we don't want to go down to. I don't know what that means. Okay. Either. Based is essentially you call someone's opinion based when you agree with them. Oh, okay. All right. No, I didn't know that. You still Hmm. said something you say based, you know, based man, based. Huh. All right. I'm over two. Yeah. I wasn't even close, man. So I was worried you guys, but this is great. So my son is now saying, yo, chat. He's saying chat all the time. Have you heard this one? Yeah. So this is, I was worried you're going to do this because he's doing it like after every sentence and he won't tell me, he won't tell me what it means. So I, and I haven't, I haven't bothered to Google it. So I was worried that, that like you were going to throw chat at me, chat, man, let's chat. And, and it was going to be like, that's embarrassing because my own son won't tell me what it means. So something is chat. Yeah. Like it's chat, it's chat. He's just chat. saying it. He's saying it every, I, I don't know. I was hoping you guys would know. He's just saying it all the time. That's so chat, you, man. When you said yo chat, like chat. I thought that's like streamer talk. Like when people stream on Twitch or they stream on YouTube, they have the chat no. on the side. That's how they communicate with uh, oh. with their fans. They say, right. what's up, chat? Chat, what are you saying? You know, stuff like that. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I don't uh, know. Maybe he's just hearing them people say because he watches endless YouTube videos of people playing video games. That could be it. Yeah. That's my guess. Hmm. All right. There you go. I'm all for two. You did better than me. You have won, Boomer Zoomer. Once again, I'm foiled. Let's go. All right, what else we got? We got some field hockage? Yes. Big game today as uh, a few hours after we record. So by the time people listen to this pod, they'll know the result. But Rutgers is playing Michigan in Ann Arbor. That's where the Big Ten tournament is. Two o'clock on Thursday. And if they win, they will play the winner of Iowa-Maryland on Friday. And if they win that, they'll go to the championship game on Sunday. They were the first team in the school to win a Big Ten tournament. I think they have a chance of being the next team to win a Big Ten tournament. Uh, the journey starts today. Are they locks for the NCAA tournament, regardless of the Big Ten tournament? They are. Yes. Must be. Okay. They, they could lose 20-0 today and still make Did it. Did we ever get to the bottom of Iowa? Iowa got the sixth seed. Uh, they choked away the season. I think they had two or three losses. Yeah. Uh, I know they beat Rutgers in the season finale, but they had some a decent amount of losses. So. Uh, but they are criminally underrated, probably because they're probably the third or fourth best team in the league. I, I always scored seven goals in that game, which is more more than than Kirk Friends, Brian Friends has scored in in half of the games he's coached as an offensive coordinator. Look at that, bringing it back to football. Aren't we going to miss Brian Friends next year? I mean, we've just had so much fun with this. He's going to be That's Brian Friends's. Wouldn't it be great if it's just his revenge? He's getting fired, and he coaches against Rutgers, and he's like, you know what? Double reverse, double reverse, do it again. It's going to be like, holy crap! Look at this guy. I doubt it. I'm just glad they got it out of the way now so we could appreciate him while we're there in Iowa City. I'm going to spend the whole game with my binoculars on him, just watching him Mm -hmm. do his magic. Nice. We also have uh, men's soccer. They play Friday, 6 o'clock against Penn State, first round of the Big Ten tournament. They must win because if they don't win the Big Ten tournament, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Women's soccer, waiting game till Monday, selection show for the NCAA tournament. They have a chance of making the tournament. I couldn't guess either way if they're going to make it or not, but that's a waiting game. We'll find out. Maybe, I don't know if we'll know by the time we record the pod Monday, but uh, stay tuned. Women's basketball opens the season against Bonmouth on Monday, same time as Rutgers men's basketball. So, Where was women's basketball picked in the Big Ten? I have no idea. <laughs> I took copious notes for this. You just did not take good enough notes. Hang on. You, you keep talking. I'll look at that. Big Ten women's basketball. Volleyball. Hosts number one Nebraska Sunday at Jersey Mike's Arena. If people really? want to watch good volleyball, 
head on. What over kind there. of crowd are they gonna get for that? I don't know how much Nebraska travels, but I imagine a decent crowd, right? I mean, it's the number one team in the country. If you can't show up at Jersey Mike's Arena for the number one team in the country, then you're not a real volleyball fan, if you ask me. Um, and uh, wrestling, I know they start this weekend, Pat, if you want to uh, give a quick primer. Yeah, uh, not much different than what I said on Monday, but they're they're wrestling against Cal Poly and Duke Friday night in California. Should be a pretty full lineup. Uh, every wrestler is ranked. So I think Rutgers should handle these two um, pretty easily and then comes back for the huge showdown at Jersey Mike's Arena against number three slash four slash five Virginia Tech. Do they like in basketball when you play a bad team and you get to the fourth quarter and you're the, sorry, the second half and you're up by a billion, you can kind of empty your bench. Do they empty the bench in wrestling and give guys some run that they otherwise wouldn't? it's just different. They start, you start different guys, right? Like, so you can, you can map out a dual meet and say, all right, we're favored at these five weights. Maybe we can, we can rest one of those guys because we expect to win at at these other four. So you will definitely see some backups, uh, definitely in the first semester, uh, matches. I know even Goodell was saying the veterans on the team, like Jackson Turley and, and Poznanski, those are some guys that will get some rest here and there so maybe not you're not going to see all 10 ranked wrestlers every single dual meet but you will uh when when it's a big match like virginia tech those 10 guys are going to be out there no no question this is outrageous by the way so the so the big 10 releases a like a a coaches and a media poll but only for the top five teams in women's basketball i mean come on at least i can't find it you would think someone would have printed it i mean Come on, folks. Sounds like a great column. What are we? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's really an opinion that needs to be voiced. But uh, it looks like they're picked around nine ten based on other people doing, based on the Indiana Indiana Indianapolis Star has them tenth, for what that's worth. Iowa, the number one team, obviously ranked fourth in the nation with the best player, one of the best players in women's college basketball. There you go. So all right, so tenth progress for Coach Coquise and her absolutely. team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. How do you only rank the top five teams? What is this? I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm looking at it right here. It just it, it, that stops at five. I can look ten different places. My no, my I, Google is I broken. My Google is broken. Yeah. I believe you. I I just can cannot fathom why you stopped there. I know. Why? What an arbitrary number? Hurt their feelings? Good grief! They're they're elite athletes. Good. good put it out there. Come on. Big Ten. Bad Big Ten. Anything else? I we yelled about that. Let's stop there. Uh, look forward to seeing you all in Piscataway Saturday. It's going to be a fun atmosphere, a fun game, uh, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.